The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. For those who are about to rock, we salute you. That's right. And for those who are caught in the path of Hurricane Michael, we wish you to get to safe place. And or hunker down if need be. Or, you know, kind of uh, start the slow road to recovery and, and, and uh, you know, uh, and rebuilding. Well, that too. Because, I mean, I mean it's still kind of hitting and, you know, still kind of, people are still kind of being infected about what the weather's going on. So that's why I'm, I'm mentioning that. But it's sure. mostly, you know, kind of blowing through. But, yes, definitely hoping you're on the road to re- recovery. I am your host, RyderCat. You can find me at RyderCat on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at... Um, oh, I'm really, 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 what's going on here? Um, you can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter and CB Caps on Instagram. And with me tonight is my co-host, uh, the man who is uh, slayed... NYCC many for many many a year. Agent mm. underscore seventy. What's up, everybody? You you didn't give me a chance to do the applause. Yeah, that's fine. So all the applause go to you, my friend. Um, <laughs> but yes, with not with us tonight because they have their they have uh their some some sort of undercover missions or whatever things they they're into. Um, commitments, really. Basically, yeah. Uh, agent, uh, not, no, I'm sorry. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Other agents. Yes, yes. They're some 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 sort of different agent. Uh, also, you can find uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. You can also find him at Pop Culture Net on Twitter and his sites, uh, popculturenetwork.com and I need comics.com. And also the Osiris of this ish, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, The Click Nation on Twitter. Where did that go? I don't know. And theclicknation.com. And you can also find him at uh, Comic Book Resources, where he's writing his ass off and uh, putting out a bunch of good content. Content then, so go check him out. You can find this podcast, podcast, right? Podcast yes. on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud for the CSPN uh, network, and of course CSPN.us, the calls for the podcast network. You can find this show and all other like, great shows on that network 
And of course, shop.cspn.us, where you can get um, merch from this show and other shows on the CSPN network. Go do it. You'll be joining do it us. Today. Exactly. And with that, because I think I've rounded out everything, we are going to start in like we do every week. And I need to really close Twitter because that's disturbing, distracting me in the background. Um. We're going to start off with the books of the week, and oh, we're actually going to start with the New York Comic Con recap. Oh, that's right. I am sorry. This is absolutely <laughs> we actually already discussed this. Just that quick. Like, I know, right? I, yeah, I know. Like, so, so like 20 to, minutes ago, we're like, we're going to start with the Comic Con recap, you know, right? Yeah, so used to, to routine, and I just blanked, so... It's cool. Yes, it's cool. No, no worries. No worries. So, but yes, I promise. And, I, and actually, I think I did, and I, and I actually kind of alluded to it beforehand. So I don't even know what the hell I'm thinking. Anyway, but yes, Agent Underscore Seventy is going to recap his time at New York Comic Con. Uh, right off the top. Right so off the top. very quickly, um, New York Comic Con this year. We are in uh, the second year of uh, construction at the New York uh, Jacob Javits Center. So. Um, things are moved around. Last year was the first year where they had to deal with less floor space because of the construction. This year, they moved a lot of the anime fest, most of the anime fest, off campus, basically, off of the Javits site, and moved it to a nearby pier um, convention space. And I never made it over there, and it's a crying shame. Um, but, uh, you know, I hope that the, the, the construction ends on time or ahead of schedule so that we can have everything under one roof, essentially, and within uh, easy walking distance or convenience. There, are, there were a number of things happening off, uh, off the Javits floor, such as all of the screenings at Madison Square Garden, panels uh, for uh, major media things like uh, TV shows at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and ultimately, there were a couple of other places um, uh, that were within reasonable walking distance that were hosting New York Comic Con events. But I generally stayed on the uh, Jacob Javits uh, center floor and moved between uh, basically Artist Alley and the show floor and the cosplay area. So very quickly, this year I spent a little bit more time in the cosplay area. And I'm, I'm really starting to understand the some of the, the, the cosplay culture that's out there and, you know, how there are, you know, there are definitely cliques. There are definitely groups that uh, huddle together, but there's definitely people that show up uh, randomly. Right. Uh, I'll right. give you an example. This year I saw a Belle from Beauty and the Beast and unbeknownst to her, someone dressed as Lumiere came walking down just at random. And everyone was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way they didn't know that each were coming to this show dressed that way. You know, usually what I've come to find out um, that it could have been an accident, but at the same time, yeah, you never know. But at the same time, you always tend to find out that there's like, so like, oh, wow, this character's here and just so happens that this one is over here, whether they knew each other or not. And they just happen to, because you can even see it if you catch them at the right, if you catch them when they first see each other, it's like, right. you know. No, they did. They had no idea who they were. Yeah, who they were. It was pretty unique. It That's was pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, the word I'm searching for is uh, serendipitous. I'm sorry. Serendipitous. The serendipitous. I, I, it, it was pretty. Um, pure, uh, I want to say something along the lines of pure and an actual coincidence. Mm. So, ultimately, 
that was a lot of fun. I definitely found myself spending a little bit more time in the cosplay area. And my friends uh, who cosplay on a regular basis are chiding me and trying to get me to uh, <laughs> cosplay. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. I don't know if it's ever going to go beyond dressing up as a shield agent in, like, fatigue pants. And oh, come a, on. You know shield. you got a cap on you. I know. that's And what's funny is that that's what they were saying, is that if you're going to do it, you got to go cap. And I said, well... I don't know if I'm going to get the uh, the online um, movie version of the cap costume that everyone likes to wear, or if I try to endeavor to use uh, um, to, to to make one of my favorite modern costumes, which is the Marvel Now cap. Hmm. So we'll see. But or you could, um, do, or you could do old school that nomad. Be, exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that's a, that's always a, a possibility as well. But ultimately, uh, getting back to the con, um, I was able to see lots of artists lots of writers i went to the the one major panel i went to was the marvel's next big thing where they did do a lot of announcements i'm sure you covered all that in the news um so i won't belabor that point but that was a lot of fun to sit through um i did make it to the cosplay um uh contest and uh, it was a pretty fun night uh that was a saturday night um i i'm gonna get get into uh, some of the things i saw and some of the things i picked up first off i did run into David Peterson, the creator of Mouse Guard, and I picked up something for a young family member. It's the Mouse Guard Alphabet Book, and it's really cool looking, and uh-huh. it's, it, you know, it's basically you know, A through Z, and it involves um, things that you would see in uh, Mouse Guard, like uh, for the letter G. I was, going, I was looking specifically for this. Letter G is for Guard Mouse. And there's a little, you know, there's some uh, cool stuff in here about, uh, you know, a guard mouse and its role in the mouse guard uh, universe. Um, I did, in fact, uh, get a couple more signatures for my uh, heroes, the 9-11, the September 11th uh, tribute book. I was able to cross off a a few more uh, creators, although I did miss Graham Nolan. I saw friend of the show, Sanford Green. Nice. And I contributed to the cause of Bitterroot. So he had a package deal where uh, for 60 bucks you could get a Bitterroot t-shirt. This is the back. This is the front. I don't know if you have one. No, because um, I don't think – I think they started doing that after, uh, after um, Heroes. And it was a set of prints that are monstrous. And when I say monstrous, I mean it because they're these, like, extra wide screen, like, triptych uh, or, quadru- or, or quadruple covers, I think. I think these are actually, you know, wait, one, two, three, yeah, four covers. So you, you, you may recognize this from the, from the previous volume of Black Panther. There were variant covers. Oh, man. And this is just, look at how long this is. Uh, For the uh, listeners on the podcast, I am literally dragging this um, print across the screen. Yes, because it is the connecting, I believe it's the connecting covers. Yeah, they're connecting covers. It's a print of the connecting covers Mm -hmm. from uh, Black Panther by Sanford Green and also from Heroes for Hire. Because I have the first part of that one. I may have all the covers also. uh, And for Heroes for Hire. These are all kind of funky sized prints. But uh, you know, this should be they should prove challenging to to, to frame. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Um, I picked up this cool poster 
it's a promotional poster, but Marjorie Liu, the creator, oh, what the co-creator of Monstrous, yes. was kind enough to sign this for me. And she's always pretty nice to talk to. That's what I hear. Like she's she's pretty awesome to talk to, and pretty, but you know. Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh, there's some more prints from uh, Sanford Green. One is for uh, Bitterroot, which comes out on November 14th. Yes. And I, I did tell them that we would be in contact with them to, uh, you know, get them on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Both he and David that. F. Walker. And uh, Chuck Brown? I did not speak to Chuck Brown, but oh, I definitely yeah. spoke to the two of them. Gotcha. And a print by Sanford Green for, uh, I believe it's Black History Matters. Oh, nice. So that's that. And I did see you might have had that one at a table at Heroes, but I didn't go by there, so I don't know. But but I'm, but I'm pretty certain the, the Bitterroot mm-hmm. stuff they didn't have yet. Gotcha. I did see uh, Mitch Gerards. He was sitting next to Tom King, but Tom King had a ticketed signing, so you had to get there in the morning to get a ticket for certain hours that uh, Tom King would be at his table signing. Hmm. And uh, but Mitch Gerards didn't have uh, you know too bad of a line, but he had a great display of prints for sale so i picked up two one is from the his punisher run and you recognize this from when we were were uh high on his run on the punisher one of the covers Mm -hmm. and obviously from his recent run on mr miracle so this is signed by mr rods i thought that said math down to the bottom Oh no, Mitch! It says yeah, that's a yeah. signature, Mitch. Yeah. And the last print I got, I saw uh, one of my trusty con stops is Jim Chung. He was not at New York Comic Con last year, but this year he came through with this glossy print of a very recent work for Marvel. Oh, okay. This is right. This is the promo art for the relaunch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all the current renditions of the characters, including Thor's golden arm and including uh, Jean Grey and X-Men Red and so on and so forth. So this was a lot of fun. This is definitely going up into the rotation very quickly on the office wall. So that's that for the prints. Um, Last but not least, I wanted to talk about the T-shirt that I picked up at the Marvel booth. So I went to the Marvel booth and this year... They actually did not have a, uh, a great number of um, artists and, and creators signing at their booth. What they ended up having this year were a bunch of panels that involved television talent on the Netflix and animation side. They had a Daredevil panel. I believe they had um, a Gifted panel on Sunday. So, And they had uh, Avengers Rising as well. But um, at the booth... Um, I was able to pick up from the, uh, the merchandise uh, part of the booth. I was able to pick up this T-shirt. And uh, I pity the folks who aren't able to see this because they're uh, not watching our YouTube stream. This is uh, uh, YouTube.com forward slash TheClickNation or TheClickNation forward slash live. <clears throat> Check this out. It says, I am Steve Rogers in Groot style lettering. 
So inspired by one of my favorite moments in Infinity War, <laughs> Marvel came out with a T-shirt. Yes. So, so that's pretty much the recap of the stuff I picked up at the con. Um, it was, as I said, uh, a different experience this year because they're 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 adjusting to the decreased amount of floor space. Um, you know, the, my focus kind of shifted from getting um, autograph after autograph to just kind of walking around and mingling with some of the creators and talking to some and uh, spending some more time with friends um, who were cosplaying and just kind of uh, seeing what they were doing, which was basically, unfortunately, taking lots and lots of pictures. Um, that's you know, that's one of the things that they do in the cosplay areas. Yeah. So, you know, they don't really get a chance to, unless they actively pull themselves away or have someone like me pull them away. And um, from the cosplay photo areas and, you know, try to partake in the, the other activities of the con. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really not easy to, uh, to be a cosplayer and still try to get the most out of a con ticket. You know, I actually had some cosplayers say, it'd be nice if all, if, if you, all you want to do is go to the cosplay area. You could get a, a, a special ticket that didn't cost as much as a regular con pass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I understand. I understand, understand their, uh, you know, I understand their feelings on that. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then there would be people who's like, "Well, I want to go to only the panels, so I just want to pay for this." And you know, there would there would always be a lot of that, which it still would kind of make some sense. <laughs> At Matt Wang saying he loved my cosplay this year at New York Comic Con 2018. There was no cosplay; it's just regular old me. I don't know, Roven Reporter, Agent Seventy, <laughs> in disguise. So definitely of, guess, not in cover mode. <laughs> so I guess speaking of, yeah, you know, you did not because Matt, you well, you know, sometimes you and Matt used to meet up, but oh, we did actually. Chance. Oh, and by the way, uh, special guest, uh, uh, two-time guest of our show, Crystal Velasquez, actually appeared on a panel this year. Yes, yes, you told me that beforehand, so that's awesome. So shout outs to her. So and. Uh, other than that, that was a, you know, I mean, that was definitely a highlight. Unfortunately, that happened on a, on Thursday, which is the one day I wasn't at the con. Right. Yeah, I kind of wish. Well, I guess this would be my wish. Is like, and I know that's kind of a, a tall order. I know some panels do this for certain stuff, but I kind of wish they would. Um, there was a way to stream a lot of the panels. Like I know the bigger ones get streamed out and saved out, but I know some there are a bunch of them that don't. Exactly. No, there's definitely some. There, there's some that get recorded, but a lot don't. Uh, I was going to mention that uh, in closing regarding New York Comic Con, it's been a number of years now since they've had Thursday as uh, uh, a part of New York Comic Con. It was traditionally a three-day show, and they started doing Thursday, and more and more, and obviously they, this is you know done on purpose, they front-loaded a lot of the programming. They they brought in Ruffle, Mark Ruffalo to do a signing on Thursday, um, uh, and, 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 and a number of other things to happen on Thursday to try to get people to buy tickets to Thursday, which is traditionally the slowest day of the con. Uh, I've said this for the last few years, New York Comic Con, I think is it officially a four-day show now. And if you really want the full experience, it's almost imperative to get a four-day ticket. But if you can't manage to take the time off from work, or just carve out the time to go to a show for four days, it's difficult. So you have to pick and choose and sacrifice certain things for others. I can definitely tell you that 
Saturday's still packed and Sunday's still packed. Uh, but in terms of programming, in terms of signature and autograph opportunities, it's a little different now than it was even only th- four years ago. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about like it's, I feel like, and a lot of bigger shows or a lot of shows, you know, a lot of bigger shows are kind of starting to do that four way stuff. And then I don't, I don't feel like it's always necessary for cons to, to keep doing that. And especially, right. like you said, it's like, it's hard for people to get out to a Thursday show. And I mean, to a Thursday thing. So it was like, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one thing if you're in a vacation destination like San Diego, and that's traditionally been, you know, it's been a four day show for a long time now. Right. So it's, you know, if you're going to travel, you travel, you know, and and New York is, I guess, similarly situated. But at the same time, four days is still a long way. Yeah, and that's kind of a lot to ask for people who, and especially if they're going to do stuff like like this. Now, granted, I can understand like Ruffalo's schedule is what it is, so you know his stuff had to be done when it had, you know, when they when they could have. Exactly. But, but, you know, trying to front load uh, the con around that, if that was the case, not saying that it was, but, um, or even in relation to that, like, like that's still kind of a tall order for like, the people to kind of get out to. And sure. Definitely, definitely. All right. Um, so that's well, for uh, New York Comic Con from my end. So before, yeah, so I will, this is, uh, I would say, tension gently related to that and I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way but we talked about this before where uh, Mondo has a set of Black Panther pins Mm -hmm. Um, and I got mine so I don't know if this is going to go into play decently there's the Killmonger one oh cool it's a side profile Mm -hmm. all of them yeah they all are there's the the Shuri one okay and here's the uh, Okoye one. Oh, nice. Um, I want to say they, I, it, so it was a set that was, it was a set of three that was like 30 bucks. So it was, a, it was that. I don't remember if they, they may have already had some pins for Black Panther already. I can't remember. Um, but regardless, those were the set that they had. And it was like, I don't, I think it was before uh, New York, but it was, they was, uh, mentioned it beforehand, so I th- they probably were selling those at the show. So, there is that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess that's going to conclude the the um, uh, NYCC talk. Yes. All right. Cool. Then let us get into the the books of the week. And a quickie transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. There's, there's another transition I need to find uh, for you, but we'll talk about that later. And the the book we're going to start off with, as we said prior to the show, is Avengers number nine. Yeah, so there's some stuff happening in this that we have to talk about. Yes. Um. Yeah. Go ahead and start because hmm, I got right, So leading into this issue, and it's not much of a spoiler because the characters on the freaking cover we're dealing with namor the submariner who is being let's just say uh defensive about what remains of his uh, undersea kingdom mm-hmm. he is being agitated by one roxon oil or Ro- the roxon company which is 
interesting because you would think that Thor would be somewhat sympathetic to this whole situation and understand that Roxxon um, is uh, behind the War of the Realms, but this isn't the same Thor. If it was Jane Foster, there might be some understanding here, but this is Thor Odin's son. So yeah, not only that, I, but there was also the the killing that happened, the killings of his people that happened. No, but to no, but in terms of Broxon right. being involved, right, right. So there, I was going to get to that, but that's the agitation, right? That's what I was going to get to is that um, uh, Roxon in the you know doing doing what what it is that they're doing and being um, you know corporate baddies, they uh, basically kill and uh, display as trophies members of the Atlantean race who uh, try to stop them from polluting or doing whatever it is that they're doing. So uh, Namor has basically vowed revenge against the surface world, against the entire surface world, Again. but not in the traditional sense, not in the Atlantis attack sense. Which they reference. Exactly. And they make a point of saying, no, not that way. We're going to do this slightly differently. And they illustrate this by bringing in Tiger Shark and Stingray, our favorite Avenger, as per Matt Wang, he's no Avenger. Uh, he's no, <laughs> he's never been a. I mean, he's been an Avenger, but no. Right, and what I what I got a kick out of is that I honestly had forgotten there was any relation between, or right. you know, at least by 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 marriage between Tiger Shark and Stingray, and I thought their entire exchange up until the bad stuff happened mm. was pretty interesting. So I said, so I said in my notes, it was like I I love how they took. They took great lengths to kind of to bring up their them well their relation and them two and their relation because no one has seen either one of them in a long while or it probably even cared. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Matt Wayne, but um, so I thought I was like they just took a lot of time just to set that up, just to set up their relationship for no reason seemingly. But I appreciate it. It's kind of. So I will have to say, in in uh, going off of that, I, I, I admittedly I laughed at that whole scenario. Like even after the bad part happened, <laughs> I love how we refer to it as the bad part because well, the, we're the beating around the bad, bush. The, the supposed right. bad part because it really is not that you know okay. Um, well, it's bad because somebody. Well, kinda... yeah, sure, but that person no one barely cared about. <laughs> uh, so to get into to actually get into that, you may want to. Throw down the spoiler bell. Spoiler bell, yes, sir. So yeah, at the beginning, like you said, uh, Tiger Shark and 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 Stingray meet up. They have a brotherly fight, I guess you would call that. And then Namor, Namor, kind of steps in, and um, and basically with an ultimatum, like either you're with me or you're against me. And then and Stingray tries to talk him down, brings up uh, Atlanta's attacks. And uh, Neymar, you know, starts to just beat the ever-loving fool out of him. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, well, that's your final warning. You didn't answer me. So he has these war sharks. And not to be, not totally, well, I clearly about to say you probably couldn't conf- could confuse them with war pigs. And that was the other thing I almost meant to have you uh, play. But nevertheless, it wouldn't have worked. Um... War sharks in metal, like Mad Max style, as I think, uh, I believe, uh, agent, I mean, um, PC underscores dirt kind of mentioned, or somebody mentioned. But regardless, it was, it was, um, yeah, he had these sharks with him, dressed in metal, you know, as, as you do, and he had them attack and kill Stingray. 
Yeah. And again, no. I laughed my ass off at that whole thing. And I, and I, <laughs> I, I should feel bad, but I really don't. Because it was like, okay. Man, that's just weird. I mean, knowing Stingray's history on our show, I felt bad for Stingray. Yeah, kind of. But <laughs> I, I guess. Sure. Whatever. But. Um, so now we snap back to yes. uh, a few days earlier. Which kind of set uh, uh, going back to the events that kind of set Namor in, in, into motion, mm-hmm. and all this you know, whole time, not not, in- not including the uh, the the acts of the Roxxon uh, ship against the the Atlantean people, right? And all of this um, done while he is narrating the story. We should point out, right? So, oh, and actually, I guess it would, it's probably be the time to mention that Namor has undergone another look, and as I said in my notes, um, more like Emor. So, anyway, yeah, whatever. As in, like emo. Yes. So, yeah. he's got this like new goth look, which or goth like emo type look, which that hasn't been explained yet. Right. Um, he's also way more powerful than even even. Even with the fact that he is in the ocean, uh, when right. when the Avengers finally catch up with him, that he's way more powerful than he used to be, and he he says his his signature tagline. So you don't don't worry about it, folks. He he does that, and he also explains he or his version of why he's so powerful. But I have a strange feeling there's more to it. Oh, and there's also a tie to the first arc of. Um, the Avengers, with there being a, a dead celestial that messed up Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where I start to have some issues. Not issues, well, I guess it kind of are issues. because So, one, um, as Agent, Agent 70 said beforehand, the, the, the one person you should not probably have to meet up with Namor, which I think that wasn't necessarily how it was supposed to go. He was supposed to actually sneak in and whatever, uh, but he got caught, uh, was Black Panther because of they have history, very recent history, which got brought up. Um, however, Namor, is, in his mind, has it to where the, the Wakandans were the one that caused the trouble for him when he was the one who actually started all the BS, because remember, he sent the Black Order, to Wakanda first. <laughs> even though, even because the, the Black Order came in, messed up Atlantis, and then he sent them to Wakanda, which pretty much started off the whole beef within them the whole time during the Infinity and all that kind of other stuff. So, him saying that was just like, really? To me, anyway. Um, that being also been said, that was a, something else that was kind of weird. One, well, not even one, but Thor, Captain Marvel, and Hulk. You could say um, Ghost Rider too, but you can explain that way. All of them were breathing and talking underwater with no kind of apparatus. Now, yeah, you can say they all need still need to breathe. And I don't know how they're just talking like that. Even Thor, with you know, even though he's a god, and sure, he can hold his breath for a while and, and all of that. But, like, wait, how are they doing that with no kind of breathing, with no kind of apparatuses? I was about to say, I thought of that too. And what's funny is that I love Marquez's art on this, on uh, in this issue. I did notice that. I was trying to figure out how they were all communicating. Yes. Because there's two obvious characters, three obvious characters, right, that have breathing apparatus on them. Exactly. Three. 
Yes. Those are the ones that make the most sense. Yes. But like, like Ghost Rider, you can kind of explain away. It's like maybe there's some supernatural way for that to happen. Even, but it still slightly doesn't fly because he's driving a car underwater. But we're got you know, it's a supernatural. Yeah, but the car. car's on fire. I know, and on fire <laughs> exactly. So. You know, and he's underwater. Hellfire. It's hellfire. So hellfire exactly. Burns so you can you can kind of explain that hellfire away. Hellfire burns in space. Exactly. So so you can explain that one away. But again, the other three people that actually need to breathe, even though they're powerful and they could probably hold their breath for a while, they were still talking like, "Hey, there's nothing going on," and there was no visible apparatuses on any of them. Now maybe they had a communication device on them, but that still doesn't explain how they're actually talking underwater. Mm-hmm. It, so it, it sounds like kind of a nitpick, but it really isn't. No, it's not. It's not. I think that, but at the end of the day, I thought this was a pretty effective issue because, uh, you know, they kind of display all of the, um, the attributes that I think people forget that Namor has, which is that he really is one of the most powerful characters in the right. Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. especially in water. Exactly. So the, 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 the biggest issue that I had with, their, with the Avengers approach in this is that you would think in order to save, obviously, this would make for a very boring comic book. Yeah. But you would save all of the sweat, the blood, and the and, and the and the wear and tear on everyone by not sending in uh, T'Challa, who has um, a recent history with um, Namor, uh, to to be the the one to sneak in and be up close. You would just have Captain America literally walk in. Uh, you know, hands in the air and say, "Hey, I need to speak to you, Namor," and that's essentially what happens anyway. Right after this big fight, that probably couldn't have. Now, granted, I can see if it went the other way. They send in Cap first, and them two have their exchange, and then Namor says, "We well, ends up saying the Cap," and then exactly. they end up fighting. I could see that, but then you know, I didn't write it. I'm not a writer. It was like there was a. I'm sure there was a pur- purposeful reason the way Aaron, the, the why Aaron did it the way he did it. So, sure, I assume. But it still was like just just like you said, you know, like yeah, you would think that would have made a little more sense. And then if something popped off like it tends to do, then okay, sure. But nevertheless, we got it the way we got it. So So this is a big Namor issue because what we end up finding out is that Namor uh takes his vengeance upon the um the the, the, the rocks on folks who uh who 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 uh did his people dirty. Right. Despite yeah. despite the effects of trying to get the people that the, the Avengers trying to save away from Namor, which they did do, but right. he still got to him. Right, and uh, ultimately we have um, Namor forming an evil faction. Yes, some sort of Legion of Doom, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, Undersea. I don't know if Bat, uh, Aquaman and the others. I don't know. <laughs> that, I don't know why that. Would, well, I guess that would be the closest parallel, maybe. Right. So um, all, you know, these are, I guess, the more superpowered of the. Uh, some of them the, I did not even know. Did you? Did you know all of them? Uh, Orca. Uh, no, him I knew. Like, um, Orca, Tiger Shark. Tiger Shark. One other one that I actually, uh, that I actually um, knew. The, I don't know if Namora or if that's. I'm not sure who that is with the knife. Right. The blue skin. Yeah, the blue After lady. that, I'm kind of lost. I knew, uh, I think I knew, I couldn't remember her name, but I feel like I've seen her before. And it was, um, but, um, but yeah, the rest of them, I was like, I don't know who these people are. So, which I'm sure oh. we'll find out. 
I was about to say, Underwater is definitely a uh, fertile ground for a new character creation. There's also that, too. So, But, um, yeah, I guess his, his, his uh, Underwater Black Order is... We found out at the end of this issue. But, yeah, otherwise that, it, this was a relatively action-heavy um, <laughs> um, issue, I guess. Yeah, lots of stuff happening. Yeah, um, I guess it's sad what happened to Stingray. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I barely liked that cam- uh, the, 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 the dude when he was on. And I think I remember seeing somebody, um, somebody answered to, because Tim put out his article on it. I believe it was, a, yeah, I think it was, was the article on it. And uh, somebody responded to him saying, it was like, well, that character's always been pissy. And that was before I found out who it was. Mm. And I was like, yep, soon as I find out who he was, I'm like, yep, you're right. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. I shouldn't say that. Like, Stingray was just kind of useless. Exactly. He was like a mildly okay design. He was basically Adam Strange, but for underwater. Nah. All right. So, so anyway, yeah, we've, we've exhausted that, I think. <laughs> yes, President Bartlett, please. What's next? So, I... I guess we can go transition to the other book we've both read, because I believe that's the only other book we've both read. Yep, it sure is. Miss Marvel, number 35. Alrighty. And um, I actually, and I will go ahead and take this time and say that um, I, I I would think, we're sending well wishes to G. Willow Weston, because I believe she is supposedly having some sort of surgery tomorrow morning, because she has been... Oh, no sick uh, for a while and I know she said so she said what was going on in the post but that I've totally meant to read and I didn't so there's been things going on with her with recently so I wish her a speedy recovery and you know as we all do with with that uh, tomorrow so at the time of this recording by the way um, but yes uh, Ms. I don't know if the, any of that's going to because I think she also remembers she said something about she's already put on put in some scripts so I don't know if that's going to um put off uh, Miss Marvel or Wonder Woman or anything else she's doing uh, due to the surgery, during the recouping from this, whatever the surgery is. But nevertheless, uh, Miss Marvel number 35. On Twitter, she states that she's on sick leave. Yes. Yeah, she's been saying that for, she's, she's had it as a thing for about a week or two um, since, she, since she put up uh, the post about it. So, but yeah, uh, Miss Marvel number 35, um, I the only thing I can say starting off is like um so Bruno and and um Bruno tries to make a self sacrifice which was ended up being kind of funny because you could see you know he's basically was diving in the way of the shocker's uh shock pulse to save uh Miss Marvel <laughs> but it just seemed like it was in slow motion which as we know I guess this is uh, how this worked out or she is just that fast like he was diving in the way, and and he caught and she caught him, and then they both disappeared. Which I'm fairly certain her powers have never before now had anything to do with shrinking anybody else, but yet it happened. But we just also find out her her time her powers are based in time, which Bruno goes mm-hmm. on to explain to her. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, I'm glad it makes sense to you because it really didn't to me fully. Um, but it also had me thinking, I was like, well, wait, 
given what's been going on with time in the, the overall universe at all, shouldn't her powers have been getting screwy before now? Because of the, the how they're based? So, but I don't know. It, it, that whole thing just kind of kind of threw me for a second. Nevertheless, you know, um, it, it kind of goes on the and yeah, Bruno kind of mentions to her that he's seen the the future the future possibilities and makes a proclamation to Kamala during the times that yeah you probably should have maybe you know let's finish this up first and then talk type of situation. Uh, but they get past that. Kamala goes back to um, to uh, fight Shocker again. Meanwhile, these tornadoes or whatever are showing up uh, due to the whatever the Shocker's experiments are doing. And Singularity comes back. But it all gets resolved uh, because by way of Bruno uh, doing something on his end. To well, basically, they shut these wormholes down. Basically, yes. And... Uh, Everyone kind of goes back to where they came from, and uh, Shocker gets shunted <laughs> off to Brooklyn. Yes, where he's. So where he, I got a kick out of that. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, who he meets up with when he gets back, and then it's like yeah, it had to be Brooklyn, which he meets up one uh, one um, Miles Morales chilling in his in his reading something on a wall, you know. Sure. <laughs> He's like doing his homework or something. Yeah, I think so. He's, fighting, yeah. he's got headphones on. Exactly. He's, and, the, uh, he's just basically chilling and then bloop, in drops in the, the shocker. <laughs> sure. So, you know, in a long, convoluted way, but it's an er- it's it's kind of earned. We yeah. find Kamala and Bruno, maybe not back together again, but definitely on you know in a much better place, which they were already getting to when this whole thing started. So. But yeah, um, it, it, it's oh, um, it is oh. You know, this book is always interesting. You, you and I both have always enjoyed this book when it comes out. So this mm-hmm. this one is, I can assume this one is no exception. And there are always usually little things in the background to look look at, or that well you can find in in the course of one of these stories. And I guess this one's kind of no exception because there's this couple. That are basically looks like they're spectating and they're trying to sit at a table eating, but then you know as everything is uh, as um, Kamala and Shocker are fighting, but then mm-hmm. we see them later on on the last page up in a tree. If you look, you know, if you if you get to look, and they're still kind of just floating around there, so I was like, okay, that was a nice touch and and the callback to earlier in the issue. Oh yeah, I see that on the last page. Yeah. That's- so I, I've always liked little touches like that in, in this book and, and, and others. So, was it? It's Nico Leon on art, right? So yeah, yeah it's the Wait, was he on this one? Yes, I think he was on this one. Yeah, yep, it is. Yeah. So like, like, and and we've always loved the fact that the art, even though by different artists, stays a very consistent look. Right, because even because colors even when, and it just keeps it very consistent. Right, because no other when way. Miyazaki was on the book, he was also putting touches like that in. So it, it's a long-running thing with this book and that that I'm glad to kind of kept up. Absolutely, absolutely. All righty. Was it me? So I, yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah. say again. Never mind. I'm, I thought I was screwing up by a dude's name. All righty. So yeah, uh, so we can move on after, from that. Um, <laughs> if you got something you want to pull out. 
Actually, you want to talk-, talk about? Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, because you might be doing the same thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> I was going to bring up the big event book of the week. There we go. Yep. Spider get in number one. Mm-hmm. So, if you have not read Spider Verse, you're going to be a little lost. Kind of figure. Because Spider Verse sets up uh, the essential status quo that you need to understand before getting into Spider Geddon, which is that there are these characters called the Inheritors who are uh, basically blood enemies of all spiders, or at least are blood enemies of totems, uh, specifically characters who, who are exemplaries of certain animals right in this case spiders and they basically eat these characters and you know eat their spirits eat their bodies to to sustain themselves in spider verse the spider folks were able to stem you know to, to, to 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 imprison these inheritors on a radioactive planet that kept them weak and at bay. After but of losses. course, saying, you were going to say? I said after some losses. Sure, of course, after some losses. But we, we you know, uh, we definitely lost a number of spider folks. But uh, we come to the latest uh, group of spider folks that are trying to uh, prevent the inheritors from escaping. But. Uh, the one character that's causing or or at least unwittingly aiding the inheritors in their escape from this radioactive planet is none other none other than everyone's favorite uh arrogant uh miracle have miracle getting uh, uh doctor who used to be a little fat and pudgy all of a sudden got himself into a clone body of a superhero yes. one Otto octavius and I understand that all the writers love writing him because he's just this arrogant prick. But every time I read him, I want to punch him in the face. And that's the intended effect. Yep. So as you're reading along and you understand that it's all, 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 spoiler alert. It's all the superior octopus's fault. That's why the inheritors break out of their prison. That's why a number of spider men from spider spider people from alternate universes bite the big one in this issue. Mm. I won't reveal who it is, but a bunch of them go down, and it's shocking. Wait, these are people who have uh, Marvel Legends uh, action figures. That's what I figured. Yeah. I haven't read this yet, so I. Um, but I have heard that yeah, some people, some people buy it in this one, and I will end up having to read this at some point. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I read. There's a lot of quality Marvel books out this week. I had a lot of fun reading. Yeah. So if you're, so central click week out there. Yeah, I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure if I can say that, but there's been some good stuff for sure. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, if you're thinking to yourself, this sounds like Spider-Verse Part 2, probably. Mm-hmm. Because there is some definitely similar beats into it that, that if you, you know, with what uh, Agent 70 just said, even. So, 
Because wait, so in even in this one, does um Otto go off the? Because I know he recruited from zero. He recruited the the PS4 Spidey Man, Spider Man, Spidey. So he has he been the one going around, or has it been pretty, uh, Peter been, or they just? Because I think they ever pretty much had a system set up at the end of Spider Verse anyway, because that's how Gwen Stacy was coming back and forth through whatever. Right. Um. Sorry. Right. No, th- this is set up. Uh, on the premise that they have to stop Ock from doing what he's doing. Gotcha. Hmm. So that's a that's a twist from last time then. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. So, um, yeah, that was kind of depressing. Um, mm-hmm. I really hate that superior Ock character. Really want to punch him in the face. So wait, does this uh, tie into um, any of the other spider books? It will. At some point, well, sure. But I mean, even like superior, does it come out for that superior octopus? Because I didn't read that last week either. The superior octopus basically kind of leads into this because superior octopus was just setting up the status quo for Oc being uh, a San Francisco based hero. Sure. Okay. Cole Baines. Well, we will see. We'll Alrighty. See the got of that uh, going forward. Uh, I guess keeping on the spider train somewhat. What if Punisher number one? This actually could have been. A, um, uh, uh, I like the premise of this. Eh, yeah, I guess. I guess so, it didn't execute really. No, I mean it did. Let's put it this way. So, a little history. If you don't know what a what if book is, it's basically, hey, what if this happened instead of this? What if this person became this? What if this person didn't die instead of you know somebody close to this this character? Or what if something happened? To, what if the, the 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 main character that they're talking about is somebody else? Um, which is kind of this how this one's done. So usually classically what is kind of play out was like, yeah, it's a story that looks like it's kind of going somewhere, but at the end of it, it kind of either gets back to uh, leaning towards status quo or getting back to a place was like, eh, it's all right. You know, to at some point, like I don't remember too many of them going out of their way to being like, nope, this is, it's, it's all bad. And it stays this way or, you know, just different basically. Uh, this one is not that much different. So basically, it is the history of. So this is what if Peter Parker became the Punisher as opposed to Spider. Well, not even as opposed to, but in addition to Spider Man, basically. So it runs through his history. He gets his powers. Uncle Ben, you know, dies. He does the wrestling thing. They they allude to all of that leading up to, um, um, the part where Gwen Stacy. So you know, there's been you have. Are, do you plan on reading this? Because I don't. I don't want to spoil too much for you. Go ahead. I'll read it anyway and have fun. Okay. Oh. So I mean, there's really not much to really spoil because, like, if you know Spider-Man history, it kind of plays a similar path, except for there's one or two things different, and including the fact that oh, well, he he um he when he goes after the burglar that kills Uncle Ben, uh, instead of sending him over to the police. There's a there's a gun exchange that happens, and Peter ends up with his gun, and he starts adding that to the under, under, um, arsenal. And then, as the other super criminals kind of pop off, he decides to start uh, throwing more ordnance or ordnance into the into the ring. In addition to, so basically, he has his web shooters that have guns on them now, almost like one of those hidden guns you see in the movies that that pop out from the wrist. 
Mm-hmm. So he has guns with uh, uh, interchangeable uh, ammo types, which I can see that somebody throwing that costume into a game at some sure. point, you know, uh, at some point soon. But anyway, so That's he's going to be cosplayed at some point. Probably. If it hasn't already, I actually, I'm, I would I'd be shockingly surprised if no one's done that. So, you know, he's in the black costume, but it's got the, the spider slice Punisher logo on and that is that. So he's just going through just offing or dismantling, um, or at least there's some implied deaths in, in a couple of cases, but basically killing and or getting rid of, you know, the, 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 the classic villains you know he's gone off with. But at the same time, he's, instead of being with Mary Jane, he's with Gwen Stacy, which he was mm-hmm. at to a point. But, uh, and it kind of plays into, and of course the gob- goblin comes back up here and there, and, you know, and that, which leads up to that, where Gwen Stacy would have died and that ends up happening, but not actually, excuse me, that doesn't end up happening, but that scenario kind of ends up happening, but plays out a little differently. And of course it leads up to, um, to a point where he decides to give up the mantle of spider punisher, which at the same time, he's still doing like the thing with the bugle selling the pictures and, you know, James capitalizing all that kind of good stuff. He's all doing this in his head, narrating this in his head as he's going around to it in weird detail. On now, what well, not much detail, but just weird details like like, hey, yeah, I, you know, my EMP rounds took care of the shocker, or my incinerator rounds took care of um, um, this whole, and my armor-piercing bullets, you know, got rid of the octopus's plans. You know, to that detail. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, it just leads up to look what it looks like to him giving up the mantle of Spider uh, Spider Punisher. But uh, from there, it goes on to talking about which you can kind of see in the last few panels a familiar character to the Punisher uh, to Punisher mythos becoming possibly becoming the Punisher. So it actually kind of just plays into both of them. All right, and that plays out pretty much like it, 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 it normally does. But to, to get from to see how I get from there to there, ne- doesn't necessarily have any relation to each other, with exception of the last part that I told you that you know the Peter gave up the his gave up the costume, and then mm-hmm. things happen. So that's pretty much how that plays out. Whatever, like it was an all right issue, but I was like, okay. It it did what a what a what have normally does, except for it just added on this other person whose mythos it actually would have been into the mm-hmm. mix, but it still had it going to where it would have normally gone. Gotcha. So so you know, there's the what if it can can go both ways. Like can they could either be like, well, this is just gonna go. The, there's gonna be some similar beats, and it ends up being like I said earlier, the the way it it uh, plays out at some point. Or it's just going to say, well, it could be different up to a point, and then just kind of lays back out. And this was a little bit of both of that. Sure. So, okay. Alrighty. If you're interested, uh, you check it out. One more book each, and then we do Rapid Fire? Yup. Okay. So, uh, for my next book that I'll go in depth in, I'll probably do uh, Immortal Hulk number seven. Uh, okay. Because I had a lot of fun reading this, I need to. Read I know this. that one of our other panelists, or one of our other uh, regular panelists, had a lot of fun reading this. There is some funky stuff going on in here. Um, 
one of the things that we've discovered is that um, there, there, there's a, a specific aspect of the Hulk that may or may not be uh, becoming um, evident and, and, and being revealed in the pages of Immortal Hulk. Uh, what we have is what has been called within these pages a demon Hulk. And, you know, there's uh, going to be certain aspects of that that have to be um, explored. But this issue actually reminds me of one of my all-time favorite comics. And we were talking um, in our group chat uh, earlier today on this, I don't know if you had a chance to skim through that, Roddy. Yeah, I did. But this re- issue reminds me of one of my favorite comics of all time. Read it as a kid, read this comic to pieces. I'm referring to Incredible Hulk number 300, which was written by Bill Mantlo and uh, drawn by Sal Buscema. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it's it you know it hits a lot of the same beats, and it just brought back a lot of good memories. Um, reading this again, this is a very much uh, an action-packed issue, like 300 was. Uh, this is in the vein of Avengers number what was it nine this week, yes. where we have yeah. the Avengers against a pretty much unstoppable foe. But this one is a little bit more believable because it's the Hulk, and and they're also fighting above water, so it's not there's no issues with how everyone's breathing. But there are issues with how everyone's still alive after the Hulk is basically pounding the living snot out of them. And uh, what's interesting is that somewhat based on the art by Joe Bennett, you you start to see there's something different about this version of the Hulk than any other Hulk. And obviously the demon Hulk part uh, kind of plays into it. Um, Thor starts to uh, hint uh, at at this uh, transformation in the Hulk from, uh, you know, the uh, the traditional version of the character to something different, and what the Avengers are able to do after basically getting uh, uh, pounded and and knocked around uh, by the Hulk, what what uh, Iron Man is able to do is kind of exploit this particular version of the Hulk's one primary weakness, if you can call it that, which is that this Hulk walks at night, and what they're able to unleash is something that counteracts that. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. It actually is some, you know, it's actually fairly interesting to read. It was actually, um, you know, a fast-paced read, you know, written by Al Ewing. I actually got my uh, Immortal Hulk number one uh, signed by Al Ewing, by the way, at New York Comic Con. Nice. got to mention that. Um, but uh, we find um, the Hulk, or the remnants of the Hulk, um, towards the end of the issue, um, being held at bay by the Avengers using this, um, using a particular form of technology. Yes, and one that had looked. I'm skimming through it now. One that looks like it has both movie ties and I. I assumed uh, ties to Infinity, but it's more of the more of a movie tie than not. I mean, than than whatever. Well, possibly. So we go from there. Well, yeah, because if you looked at that tech, it's that same thing that Tony was trying to, the piece of Hulk Buster tech that Tony kind of had with him uh, in, um, was it Age of Ultron? I can't remember. No, Age of Ultron, but, uh, yeah, it was Age of Ultron. It was Age of Ultron. Yeah, it was Age of Ultron. But what I was going to get to is, for fans of The Walking Dead, 
And uh, you know, if you watch the television show, if you get to the end of this book, um, there's uh, an interesting cliffhanger page, and it brings to mind um, scenes from The Walking Dead uh, past uh, uh, seasons and, and past comics. So um, this actually uh, ends on a very interesting cliffhanger. This is a very uh, strange twist at the end of this story. So I am uh, curious to see how this goes. I definitely read this with, uh, yeah, you know, with some excitement, some bated breath, trying to figure out what in the world is uh, is going on in this book now. Okay, right. Huh. So Roddy's reading along as I'm describing the kind events of, of the book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's definitely some shock on the last page. Interesting. I'm, I don't know about the, the Walking Dead tie, but this is definitely mm-hmm. striking. Um, and actually, as I'm skimming the head, there's a weird... Um, there's also, it seems, seems like there's a weird tie to something else, because basically the Hulk kind of takes down... The Avengers as um, almost like the Scarlet Witch did in, in Age of Ultron, if we're going back to that. Um, kind of got getting in people's heads and, and and whatnot. Sort of. Or at least with the one the one person in particular and, you know. Like right. Some, some, some but definitely overpowering them all. Yes. So. So that's I'm gonna have to go back and read this fully, but yeah, this is this is this is a thing. Alrighty. And I was also thinking, oh, there's actually something else I wanted to mention because it was like, wow, that that the, the tech that you use also reminds me of a Justice League episode <laughs> where they had to call they have to use the Watchtower. Okay. So there is that, but the, the one thing I was going to bring up was that, um, as you said, it ties into Avengers number nine, number nine, and I, I remember something that Namor said when uh, She Hulk shows up. Well, Hulk shows up. Sure, sure, sure. And he's like, "What happened to the? What what'd you do to the pretty Hulk?" Right. And what I was gonna, what I was going to mention, and something that came up that I brought up in the group chat earlier was that it was weird that you know we're seven issues into this book, and somehow the Avengers had figured out what the um, primary weakness of this Hulk was. Right. Because. I, you know, I guess at this point it had become evident to them or just the big brains on the team had figured it out uh, based on the Hulk's appearances to this point uh, or the Demon Hulk's appearances uh, to this point in the story. Mm. It's just, uh, you know, I, I honestly was kind of stuck thinking, well, it's it's similar to the solution from uh, Incredible Hulk 300. I'm not spoiling anything when I say this. Uh, I this is many, many moons ago. Um uh, the solution that they found for the Savage Hulk in that issue was Doctor Strange banishing uh, the Hulk to the crossroads, the cosmic crossroads of dimensions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing nothing to hurt the Hulk at the crossroads, but he had to kind of choose his own adventure <laughs> and walk through, pan, you know, and walk through, you know, dimensional doorways right. and uh, you know, look for uh, a safe haven, but oftentimes found uh, danger for someone even as powerful as the Hulk. So... Um, you know the, the 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 final sanction or the uh, the final solution in this issue uh, was nowhere near as kind, but definitely you know kind of struck me as wow how did they know to do that? 
Right. I mean, considering, think about everything, that that and everything else they've tried. They've tried to kill him. Well, he tried to kill himself, technically, I guess. Or at least Banner tried to kill him. I right. guess if, if that played out the way it was supposed to. And then they tried to take him, they, they, they sent him away a couple of different times. They've tried to kill him. They tried to hold him down, and that's a work. I can't imagine how this one's going to work, but yeah, they definitely it's it's this is a different a different solution to, to uh, what they've tried in the past. Exactly. Well, it's a different Hulk that they're dealing with too. So. That's true. But anyway, um, before we take too long on any particular book, you have one more before we get to rapid fire. Um, actually, I will go so far as this. Uh, wait a minute, what's, what do I have next? Uh, Unless you want me to spin it up now, so it's up to you. Uh, spin it up. Spinning. Because I want, because even though the one I would have, I could, I could kind of summarize this one, and I will go start by saying, um, Exiles number nine. Uh, it is. This is the culmination of what. A definitely uh, a synergy book would be in that uh, the team gets um, gets quantum leaps into a uh, a hybrid version of Disney product. Well, I guess you could say at this point Disney and Marvel um, crossovers. Let's just say in that okay. there's uh, Aladdin. Uh, and that whole mythos behind that 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 world that they end up jumping into, and everybody, and almost like uh, Chambers Twenty Five that we talked about last week, you know, all of the team ends up in uh, coming back in a, with a very definite role in the vein of that universe, in the vein of that world. So it's kind of amusing, and then you see other characters popping up, you know, in Mother Marvel, uh, you know, people popping up as uh, various roles, so it's kind of amusing. You check that out. Uh, Titans number 25. I got in my notes. Uh, you wonder how long it was going to take uh, this to catch up with what's been going on with uh, specifically Heroes in Crisis and um, the Nightwing stuff that happened mm-hmm. to Batman pretty quickly, apparently. So, because th- it starts off with um, Donald Troy's going to Roy Harper's spoiler alerts, to Roy Harper's grave. But then it pops back a couple of days, and they mention what happened to Night uh, Nightwing. Um. So it, it, and it's apparently sometime like like shortly right after that, you know, him getting shot, where the team finds out. So he's not in the picture anymore, and they have to deal. And then there's this other person that uh, that they dealt with a few issues back. That the well, these are the first crew that they tried to, to deal with, or the second actually people they tried to deal with. And something happened with that person and his exposure to the source wall, which doesn't go great. So, um, actually, wait, was there any mention of Wally? Because there, there was a mention of there was. Well, actually, I don't think. No, I don't think Wally was in there either. Not other but I'm not even sure if they even mentioned him. But like I said, the only thing you saw was the 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 tattoo. I mean, the the you know Donna going to Roy's grave. So. I don't remember why he's mentioned in it at all. But anyway, that's that's kind of how that all played out. And then Miss Marvel is supposed to be... St- I mean, yeah. Martians is kind of stepping up as team leader, but she's not really sure. And da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, it caught up quickly. You would think it t- usually takes a couple of months for that stuff to happen. Um, let me see. Uh, my last book... 
I'm going to need a particular sound effect for this one, so bear with me for a second. So, are you ready to have your face melted off by the power of metal? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Murder Falcon is the book oh for you. Goodness. So, <laughs> this is a silly-ass book. Uh, actually, it's not silly. It's, just, it's fun, I, I dare say. So, if the name implies anything, um, it's an image book. And, um, so this, this guy who apparently was a part of this band, uh, metal band and he's, he was a guitarist. He stopped playing guitar because I think he lost, uh, I kind of skimmed through it, but I got the just, just, just of it because we, we, uh, he lost his girlfriend that he really loved. So, and he stopped playing the guitar, but he ends up finding, well, this monster ends up attacking him in his apartment and his and his guitar transforms somehow miraculously and when he strums the guitar this the title character comes out and defends him and this the the murder falcon that comes out is a talking talking humanoid looking uh falcon with a headband and metal accoutrements whatever who's fueled by the power of rock so every time this dude plays plays a chord or something he gets more powerful so, so they have this thing to where they're now together and fighting evildoers and with the power of rock or metal in this case and metal for kids fight me on that. But it it seems like a fun, silly thing. I don't know. <laughs> I may end up checking out more of this, but it's just like it's just that. Yeah. Silly. Now I've got some music to play on the outro. Right. And of course, there is also metal. So that's it. For, oh, that all right. It for me. So <laughs> my rapid fire books this week are nowhere near as exciting. Apparently, <laughs> um, goodness gracious. So first up for my rapid fire is amazing. Spider-Man number seven. We uh, find uh, Peter Parker in his civilian garb and in his alter ego as smooth super villain uh, known as the liar. And Boomerang um, at the bar with no name. And I kid you not, it's just kind of fun. Um, It's a little bit of bonding between uh, now roommates, uh, Peter Parker and the Boomerang. So wait, Peter knows knows that Boomerang is Boomerang. Yes. But he doesn't know that he's... He's Spider-Man. Right, okay. Weird. And and shenanigans ensue. And, you know, Nick Spencer has got, you know, a soft spot for... uh, boomerang you know um as evidenced in the uh, superior foes series and and whatnot and uh he's endeavoring to uh make boomerang as sympathetic a a figure as possible but still have him be a scoundrel and a thief Mm. so it's um it's 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 a pretty interesting direction that spencer's going um Within this book, I feel like there's uh, a parallel to some a couple of DC characters and and maybe one Marvel character here, but I'm not gonna. I don't know. Sure, and also we uh, we kind of see what is going on. Um, I know that uh, Soul is taking uh, Daredevil in a very specific direction, but um, unlike the Netflix shows, the Marvel comics have multiple characters interacting with Kingpin. And uh, Spidey interacts with the Kingpin uh, on, on, a, on a very regular basis. And uh, the Kingpin has 
uh, a storyline that is occurring in uh, the pages of Amazing as well, where uh, the source of his powers in terms of his political powers are uh, becoming more evident and are showing that uh, certain bargains have been struck in order to have uh, Wilson Fisk become the mayor of New York City. He's also, so, yeah, and on that, also playing out in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. To, right. To a smaller extent. Right. Uh, next up is Captain America number four. Uh, this was a lot of fun because um, unlike, and I know that we kind of uh, poke fun at uh, Coates' run on, current run on Black Panther because it's just taking forever to get somewhere. This is issue number four, and we are there. We are absolutely there in terms of why Celine is involved in this. Because remember, when this was teased, everyone was thinking, why is normally X-related villain Celine of the Hellfire Club even gracing these pages? And now we understand why. Because X of Vengeance. What's that? Because X of Vengeance. Well, it's, it's that, but also... Uh, a tie into the Brubaker era of the book, and it's um, it was entertaining for me. Obviously, I'm of a certain vintage that I was reading the Brubaker run when it was coming out. Unlike these New Jacks, who uh, are just like who's that Ed Brubaker man? Doesn't he write criminal for Image? Um, so, ult- you know, ultimately, this was a nice call. You know, it was a nice uh, tie into a previous run on the book, and. Uh, you know, really, you know, uh, raises the stakes for Cap and for Agent 13, Sharon Carter. Um, and I think that covers my books for the week. Oh, God. All right. So we're going to get to clicks of the week. And yes, we got one already in the form of, uh, PC underscore dirts, and that is Immortal Hulk number seven. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I liked Immortal Hulk number seven a lot. Um, it's for me, in all honesty, it's between Spider Geddon number one and Immortal Hulk number seven, and I think I'm going to back up PCN underscore dirt on this and second. Is click of the week with another vote for Immortal Hulk number seven. Mm. And, and I like in his note, he says, um, Immortal Hulk, the, the Walking Dead has some horrific endings, which you alluded to earlier. Mm. And, and he says, uh, Al Ewing said, hold my beer. That's right. So. Cool beans. And uh, we didn't get one for Tim this week that I saw. But I think. I am going to go with, you know, my my heart says go with Murder Falcon, but no, I'm not doing that. That's not, <laughs> actually, that's not. Um, hmm. I don't know. It was, was kind of hard one. Like the, the the adventure was kind of what it is. You know what? Yes. I, I, I will do that. And normally I would go with Miss Marvel in this case because that's, generally good um for no other reason that we get rid of a useless character avengers number nine <laughs> Sorry, man. oh man that's just cold <laughs> poor, 
that no one was thinking about, mind you. But I guess it says, like, you know what? We got to get rid of somebody. And since he's in the sea and this and then the other, sure. Why not this dude? Ooh, I'm dying! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And that would be the clicks of the week. All righty. So as we tra- as we transition uh, as we pivot to the uh, comic book news of the week, our first ad read of the week is going to come up. And I know that last week I tried to start a tradition where I would read um, the copy, the ad copy, in uh, certain funny voices or accents or doing uh, imitations of uh, certain characters. But this week I'm a little on the uh, worn outside, especially after that whole uh, New York Comic Con recap. So. Bear with me as I do a quick read of our favorite go-to quick read when we need to speed things up. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, or apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN uh, payments that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. (laughs) This is very Colbert rapport. I'm not gonna get old anytime soon. Um, it's very Colbert Report. Oh, really? I I never yeah, watched like that much. Old, of old school Colbert Report when he was on Comedy Central. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I didn't, I didn't watch too much uh, of him. Anyway, uh, let's get into the news. Into the news. <laughs> We start off as we do every week with and the cinematic news, and I will do these first one, two, three. Yeah, we need to kind of we we need to pick up the pace a little bit because we're going to be on for a while. Well, no, no, I mean, half of these are not going to take that long, but not. But these are all related, so therefore, um, so. You, if you've been paying attention to the internet, the, the Russo brothers may have been giving, may have given away the Avengers Four title. Now we showed last week, or last week before last, I can't remember that the Russo brothers had this one picture with the four that you know, had, uh, the that had not, looked like it had nothing to do except for the uh, pulling the set and there was a bunch of A's in it. Apparently, there might have been more, uh, more to it than that. Uh, and according to Tim's article here, it says a new rumor suggests that it, it, it could be uh, Avengers Annihilation, but um, that's just a rumor, and you know, yeah, it is what it is on that one. But uh, also during the course of the week, um, so Mark Ruffalo went on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and once again, spoiled potentially spoiled. Possibly spoiled, probably not spoiled. Um, the possible name for Avengers Four, they had to bleep it out, uh, which a fan ends up um, ends up um, decoding what it said, and it still doesn't mean it's it was the original. I mean, it was going to be the um, you know the the actual name of the film, but also the Russo brothers. Uh, went to Twitter after this happened and 
quote unquote fires Mark Ruffalo, to which he responds with, Hey guys, can we talk about this on Twitter? Um Yeah. There, there mm-hmm. and and that is is that on that. So, you know, it's a whole thing. So like I said, Mark Ruffalo and uh is no stranger to spoiling actually spoiling things or may or may not be spoiling things for, for Avengers movies. You know, and I can't imagine this one actually being an, an actual spoiler because we still may or may not know the uh, the name of the Avengers Four book. However, skipping skipping ahead to a an article, uh, there's also a rumor that Avengers Four will pick up five years after Infinity War. Again, it's a rumor. Some dude on Twitter said it. There's no basis for it at all, as far as I can tell. But there are some things about it that could possibly happen, especially given the fact that a time time shifts in Marvel Universe has happened before and often. Well, not often, but before. So, there is that. And now, I guess last but not least, well, yeah, last but not least to, to, um, to, to take care of what Ruffalo watch. Mark Ruffalo disguises himself at Comic-Con to pose with Jason Momoa, who was there doing um, Iron Man, uh, uh, Aquaman stuff. Which, by the Aquaman. way, that yeah, Aquaman stuff. Um, which, by the way, if you've not seen that trailer, it's actually pretty good. That last trailer that yeah. they put out, it was. It came out during New York Comic Con, and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like five minutes or so, which I don't think I have in the lineup. But regardless, it, it's out there. Go check it out. So you, you can see here the the picture of um, Ruffalo in disguise and with Jason Momoa that was put on. Um, I think that's Momoa's um, uh, Instagram page. Okay. So and that is it for Ruffalo watch. Um, okay. We're going to do this next one, which would be the the Marvel Studios one. Sure. So the rumor is that event, uh, the report is that Marvel Studios is developing a de- Dark Avengers movie based off of that same storyline after uh, Secret Empire. No, no, not Secret Empire. Secret Empire? Invasion. Yes. Which, as you know, coming off of Captain Marvel, you, we know scrolls are, are now going to be in play and certain things will be lining up for that. Although I can't imagine how they're going to do that when Norman Osborne was the focal point of that, and he, well, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, he's not been introduced, right? So we'll see how that plays off. And that sense, they still couldn't do it. But regardless, of that this could be a thing. Uh, next up, uh, all right, sure. Uh, Marvel Phase One gets turned into an epic TV show by MCU super fan. So apparently, some fans clipped together a whole bunch of stuff and um, made it into a TV show. Now, given the fact that there are some people out there that were petitioning, and I'm not saying it's the same thing, but petitioning to do a re-edit of The Last Jedi for some stupid reason. I'm not saying that this is them, but I'm just saying that, hey, something like this could go a couple of different ways. Okay. But uh, it says that they have enough to, let's say, 20 movies down, da 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 uh, MCU TV, they basically have enough for like the first season, it sounds like. And so there is no word. Uh, oh, it's out on somebody's site, which probably may get, end up getting taken down because you know how you know companies like Marvel and DC and Warner Brothers and them are kind of litigious. 
Okay, but we don't we don't know. But if you want to go check it out, there's the there's, you know there's look it up and go check it out. All right. Uh, Riri Williams' Ironheart makes her animated debut in Marvel Rising Special. Right. So apparently there's another one. So the one there's one the Secret Warriors one just came out this on the thirtieth, and this is another one that they've have in the works that is coming out soon, and it's called. Um, Excuse me, one of two that is working out. So this this one and another one that focuses on Gwen uh, Spider Gwen called Chasing Ghosts. Right. Did you happen to catch the uh, Marvel Rising special? I or I have it recorded, but haven't watched it yet. I, I caught a I caught a few minutes of it, you know, like in chunks. Right, and uh, it made me smile. Yeah, it's not for me. I'm obviously not the target demographic, but mm-hmm. it definitely made me smile. I appreciated it for what it was. Exactly, and I've seen a couple of um, couple of like interviews with the the cast, some of the cast. I weirdly like and don't like the casting of America Chavez because she seems a little too perky for what America Chavez is. But still, it's all again. We're not the um, target demographic, and for what I have seen of it, you know, in the church clips and stuff, it looks pretty good. So if right. you got a little one, or even if you're a big kid who who enjoys these characters, you, you might get a kick out of it. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Next up. Yep. Uh, Marvel announces new animated Lego special Vexed by Venom, which is the name of it. So, this again, a lot of stuff has come out of uh, New York Comic Con. So, Lego Spider-Man, there's no stranger to doing little animated things in and out of the Marvel Universe, and this is no, uh, this is no different. Um... Oh, okay. Apparently, Tim's uh, click of the week is Spider Gun getting number one. Nice. So, because I know he's been taking care of some things and, and you know, being in the path of the hurricane. So, yep. That's the thanks thing. for checking so, in, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tim. So that is that. But yeah, um, there's, there's going to be a new Lego uh, Lego uh, animated thing, and it's okay. Spider Man, and it's Venom. Venom. All right. Just in time for. Venom. Uh, Oh yeah, next just in time for oh no, it'll be a little late. But on the heels of oh, maybe yeah. the Venom movie, which is for the next uh, uh, story. Mm-hmm. So Venom, improbably, let's put it that way, sets the, an October box office record with eighty million dollars for its opening weekend. I don't know. None of some, that is my money. Well, exactly. None of it's mine too. I do know someone who has seen it and said they liked it, and they don't have. Yes, any- William Bruce West. No, no, actually, not even him. Somebody else I know who doesn't have an affinity with uh, any of the characters, but she she apparently liked it. Um, it's good on them. And I also partially think that there's, there was nothing else that was out. Granted, they also mentioned that A Star is Born, that Lady Gaga movie, right. that's The Star is Born. totally different direction. Though. Yes. That's the thing. So, and they both kind of did some numbers, which I, I would also attribute that to not much has come out yet. So yeah, I was about to say, if you're in the mood for one thing, you in one direction. If you're in the mood for another thing, you in the other. Or more like starving, as some would say. Like, but possibly. You know, I don't. You know, that's just me. That's my. You know, whatever. So is the thing good going on it? Uh, Star Wars Mandalorian TV show sets uh, Taika Waititi and others to direct. So this kind of came out as we were talking uh, last week, and I didn't put in the lineup because it was kind of around and about. But yeah, so apparently there's going to be a bunch of people directing that show um including um the, 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 the including taika watiti of thor ragnarok fame there's also um dave filoni's gonna t- direct the pilot bryce dallas howard who i didn't know did any directing but okay um mm-hmm. rick fabo 
uh, is also directing, and Deborah Chow is also uh, directing an episode. So, so they got some names that's going to be directing um, episodes of the show. And as you can see, uh, Taika Waititi being silly as he normally does on the set of Thor Ragnarok. So, this is going to make could possibly be interesting for whatever that show is end up being. So, next All up. Right. Next up, uh, the Disney Fox deal could be completed and closed earlier than expected. So it's in t- it was announced that they anticipate closing this deal by January 1st of 2019. Mm-hmm. So we could be finding out very soon how uh, all of the uh, Marvel characters that have been under the auspices of Fox Studios are going to be um, put into the MCU. And we already, yeah, and we already got word on. Um you know, Feige kind of is going to overseeing the X Men stuff, so we already been getting a little bit of word here and there on that. Uh, stop that. Kaylee Kuko turns heads as Harley Quinn in upcoming DC Universe series. So this also came out last uh, last week. Actually, if you get a chance to, and it came out at New York Comic Con, obviously. But um, so yeah, we already knew about the Harley Quinn um, kind of more adult focused uh, animated thing that's going to be on DC Universe. It is not out yet, but the trailer is up and you should check it out. It's actually kind of interesting. So it's basically her and um her and Poison Ivory talking in the jail. So a bat may person may end up showing up in the course of the trailer, but you should check it out. It's kind of fun. She right. And it's it. funny that this is an animated thing, but this is, you know, uh a rendition of the character, you know, you know, uh using Kaylee Coco herself. Yes, uh, she's actually for she's actually not bad as a voice, or at least in that you know snippet of it. And there's also a reference to a certain Marvel character, which is amusing. Ah, alrighty, uh, a, a Gotham showrunner has given the latest, most blatant Harley Quinn tease. Yes, so apparently during New York Comic Con at a panel, uh, a, a Gotham showrunner John Stevens basically said, "Hey, Harley Quinn's probably going to show." Oh shit! So. And where did I put that thing on thing? So there was another um, related article, which I don't know why I didn't put it here. Um, but if I can find it, here we go. And I just take that to take that ahead because Gotham showrunner confirms long running Barbara Cream rumor. So basically, the the Harley Quinn thing has been a thing for a while, and I remember this because when I was watching. Um, constantly which i need to catch up barbara cream the the was is in the show and at one point they were basically trying to seemingly trying to turn her into harley quinn and uh, the showrunner kind of confirmed that yeah they were they they actually were trying to do that but they didn't or they were going to actually do it but they didn't so that was the thing that happened and since this is the fifth season i guess it was like yeah they're just gonna Put a whole bunch of stuff in. Let it go. Next up, um, Titan Starfire will wear her comic book costume in season one. So we which comic book costume? Uh, her her classic one. Really? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, because uh, which yeah, and there's no uh, yeah. So apparently, um, Anna Diop was asked uh, was asked about it. Um, and she says, uh, it's awesome because it's, or something about it, but as soon as I put it on, everyone was flipping out. She said, uh, it's awesome because it's something that so many people have seen for so long and it means so much to people that this is the first time we're bringing it to life. But you know, our story takes its time. 
it takes time. It's an origin story, so it takes uh, it takes its time, and the characters coming to the place where you see them, and um, the way that everyone knows. So, so yeah, apparently at some point in season one, she's going to get the classic uh, swimsuit. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, which. Hey, I mean, she's not a bad looking woman. Um, but yeah, I didn't. Th- I didn't think they would actually do that because you know something like that wouldn't, you know, because so on the racy side, that too. Yes, that especially actually because yeah, and I know they redesigned her costume a number of times to try to make it less uh, racy. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have presumed that they would have gone with a safer design from more recent vintage, so that they could just you know avoid all that because. Even the, the the most recent designs don't you know don't make it uh, non sexy. It's just not as racy. So actually, I have to re, re, uh, go back on what I said because we don't we all we know is it's going to be a classic version. We don't necessarily know if it, it's the classic version because, like you just said, they have kind of tried to redesign it. But mm-hmm. by certain accounts, it sounds like they may be doing uh, you know the bikini one. But okay. I, yeah, I don't know. But again, like you said, that that's going to be weird how that's going to play. All righty. Next up, we are all apparently still living single because Erica Alexander has nice. joined Black Lightning yes. Season 2 as a character. Maxine Shaw, Attorney at Law, and Scooter are back together again, folks, or will be in Season 2. Uh, not playing those characters, obviously. Which I heard there, right. there's some things that happened with the premiere um, that happened recently. So. She'll be an ongoing character, well, not an ongoing, she'll appear, uh, uh, three characters, she's been in three issues, uh, three episodes, uh, and I guess she'll be back at some point, she'll be playing a therapist with telepathic abilities who's trying to help Jennifer uh, acclimate to her manifesting powers and the emotions that go along with them. So. Alrighty. So, check you out, Cousin Pam. Uh, Supergirl synopsis welcomes Mercy Graves to National City because why not throw um, a few other uh, Superman references in? So I could just—I don't know—I have—I hadn't caught up on uh, Supergirl, but they've been throwing a lot of stuff. Like there's been a couple of Luthors, or there, yeah, there's been a couple of Luthor Supermans there, so it makes sense that Mercy is going to show up at some point. I don't know if. They have an. They may or may not have an actress for it. I don't know, but regardless, it's going to happen. Okay. Do we have to do the next one? Because I think you covered it already. Which one's the next one? Arbakeen. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, so after that uh, is a story about the animated uh, film Reign of the Supermen. So an official poster assembles the Men of Steel. So this is based off of, in the wake of the death of Superman in the 90s, uh, there was um, there were still a number of Superman titles that were taken over by characters who were um, purportedly uh, the inheritors of the Superman mantle. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, apparently this animated film are, is, is going to explore that era. Right, so they basically they did Doomsday before, and that was a while back, and that was different from this. But now they're redoing it, a more comic actor version, because the the Death of Superman has already come out, and that's been out for a few months. So this is uh-huh. the part two of that, you know, of of that and the the storyline as well. So they're just just basically cleaning that up. 
and it's coming in 2019, so we still got some time to wait for it. But yeah, there's the poster right there for those watching the video. And it looked good. I, and I'm assuming it's probably going to go the way the comic book did at the end of that, you know. But, or, that. Anyway, uh, Hellboy Creator reveals the real reason that they are re- rebooting this series. So, Which is? Um, I don't know. It doesn't say? Okay. <laughs> well, no, it kind of does. He basically says, uh, Magnolia says that um, we went back and forth on that earlier because somebody asked him about it. Um, Early on, there was this idea of continuing the storyline that Del Toro had started, but uh, that would be fair to the new director. But wait, but would that be fair to a, d- a new director? Okay. So we decided to start over. Basically. Yeah, might as well start over. It's a yeah. good enough reason. Yeah. So, yeah, there was that. Um, and actually, Please? I'll go ahead and do this one, too. Um, oh, good. Uh, yeah. Hellboy New York Comic Con exclusive trailer shows iconic flaming crown. So, yes, there's, in addition to that, which was around the same time, there's a trailer for that, which I don't seem to be in this, uh, unless it's that video, which I'm not going to click. And I doubt it, because sometimes sites are silly like that. But nevertheless, there was a trailer that came out uh, New York Comic Con. And yeah, there have been pictures flowing around of uh, the new Hellboy with the flaming crown. It's kind of a side shot. They don't have it in, in this uh, picture, in, in this article. So next up. All righty. So uh, a She-Ra trailer um, came out that introduces Hordak, a virgin, the, the latest versions of Hordak, Princesses of Power, and a new origin for uh, She-Ra. So yeah, a new trailer about... for the upcoming Netflix series. Right. So it's uh, basically that trailer we talked about. Sorry, this is basically that trailer we talked about last week, because uh, we only talked about like part of it, but that trailer actually introduced a couple, few other things. Okay. So, uh, Lana Condor's post to all the boys project Deadly Class gets premiere date. Watch the promo. So, Lana Condor, aka Jubilee, in that that one of those last X Men movies, I think, uh, apparently did not have nearly enough screen time or. I don't think any words uh, is in the Deadly Class uh, Netflix show, which is based off of a comic book. Um, so yeah, and there's a trailer for that that just came out. So, uh, excuse me, uh, not Netflix, um, uh, Sci-Fi, Siffy, because Netflix is doing so much. Because her other thing, to all the boys, is on Netflix. That's why the confusion was. But nevertheless, this is going to be on Sci-Fi. Deadly class, it's coming soon, and there's a trailer. Alrighty, next up, uh, Simon Pegg is going to play uh, a character, uh, Hughie's dad, on Amazon's version of adaptation of the Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson 2006 comic book series, The Boys. Hmm. I guess Simon Pegg's always had some sort of connection to this because. Uh, Derek Robertson, the artist, used the Shaun of the Dead character as the inspiration for the appearance of the story's young everyman hero, Huey. Yep. And he's also reuniting with his Star Trek co-host, uh, co- cohort, um, Carl Urban, who's also in the show. Although, Bones? I yep. I don't, I don't know if they're going to be doing anything together, because I think, you know, since he's playing his dad as opposed to the character he's based off, or who was based off him, I don't know if they're going to be doing anything together. All right, we have one more movie TV we news do. story. Riverdale season three cast Jughead's mother and sister. Uh, so Gina Gershon of Bound fame. Yes, that's that's pretty much how I know her. Um, 
and Trinity Likens, 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 Likens. I don't know which one. I apologize for that. Uh, as Jughead's mother and sister, I don't know. Oh, Gladys Jones is his mother, and his sister's name is Jelly Beans. Which I keep forgetting that he has a sister named Jelly Bean or a sister at all. So that's the thing. Okay. Uh, now we get into the comic book news. Comic book news. There's a transition. Ron Mars and Dynamite launch a new Turok series. So Dynamite Entertainment apparently has this license and is set to launch a brand new series uh, about Turok written by Ron Mars with art by Roberto Castro. Yes. And, uh, is there a release date on this? Um, actually, I thought I'd put it in there, but I guess... No, I don't see it. Oh, wait. It's, it was solicited in November preview. Oh, here we go. January 2019. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Batman, Three Jokers art confirms which eras of the different Jokers are from. So apparently we're getting uh, classic Killing Joke and what was the other one? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. The original Joker, Killing Joke, and classic 60s, 60s Joker. Right. In this thing. And apparently um, Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon are going to be also in it in and I thought I saw the video where the, the apparently Batman and Batgirl are going to be in era specific um, costumes doing the thing too. So yeah, Bendis's all new Wonder Comics hero will affect the entire DC universe. Okay, uh, so this is for the series that we told you about uh, recently called Naomi, which. I'm scared about this because we've already talked about Bendis and at length about his proclivities. Um, and I'm pretty ben- sure we will again. <laughs> so what? Speaking of Bendis. Yeah. Next up. So also given details on the Young Justice revival that Roddy is not anticipating highly and um, Wonder Comics. Yes. Um, so yeah, there was, there was more. There was also some, uh, also more details on that Dial H for Heroes uh, book that that helped some Sam but that's you know neither here nor there. Um, Tom King indicates that the heroes for in cri- heroes in crisis deaths are permanent. Sure, they are until someone else comes back and rewrites them. That's right, sure they are. Which basically kind of what he says in here. So he's basically so yeah. So somebody asked him about the deaths that happened uh, in the thing, and he says, "quote uh, We tell these stories not about death, but about our lives." King said, "Of the many killed, uh, the controversial were Roy Hopper and Wally West. Uh, who and he says, as far as Wally's death is concerned, that was supposedly be dealt with in an upcoming Flash annual, which I guess explains why it wasn't the Titans. I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. though." Joshua Wilson's Williamson has yet to clarify what exactly that would entail, and if and when, oh, if and when those killed do come back, it may not be killed who revives them, which that makes total sense because you know, like yeah, to him writing the story, they're dead, but somebody else could probably come could come come along and bring them back to life, as tends to happen mm-hmm. at some point, or you know, it could be permanent. I doubt it. Yeah, you want to take the next one? This is right up your alley. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Captains Collide in Star Trek: The Q Conflict. 
I'm just gonna be over here relaxing while you go I'll off. No, okay, I, 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 out, right? I will keep it. I will keep it quick. So, in a in another in a long series of Star Trek uh, comic book uh, crossovers, this is actually a big one, most likely the big one, because as I've said off off channel and our back channel, I thought this had been done before, but apparently not. So, all of the captains and crews are going to be put together in one big six issue event centering around Q. Um, I'm, I am kind of actually looking forward to this, but like I said, there's been so many Star Trek crossovers at this point. I don't know how to feel about it. And, you know, but there's the weird thing about it is no, uh, mirror universe crossover, or at least that, that we know of. Maybe there is, maybe there won't, cause that's the thing that's going, there's a crossover that's going on now between the, 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 uh, next generation, uh, versions of prime and mirror universe. Regardless, it is coming. This one is coming in. Sometime next year, I would imagine. I don't think it says. Alrighty. Um, but yeah, look out for that. You know I will be talking about it. Alright, next up, IDW had plenty of uh, show-stopping New York Comic Con highlights, and they're listed on their website. So feel free to head over to their website and yes. uh, go take a look at their yeah. list of announcements. Yeah, this is including that Q conflict that we just talked about. Um, Whedon, Bel Air, and Mora lead Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic reboot. So, Boom Studios... Had been talking about doing the Buffer the Vampire Slayer comic, and uh, Jordy Belair and Jerry Belair is writing, not not um, actually, I don't think she's coloring it. Uh, and Dan Mora is doing the art for it with uh, Whedon kind of doing some consulting and you know, okay, uh, over and so that's the thing, it's coming, yeah, and it's supposed to be classic Buffy for what I'm understanding. Uh, next up. Uh, at New York Comic Con 2018, Zenoscope raised money for a good cause. So one of their own was dealing, they're raising money um, to support research into uh, finding a cure for cystic fibrosis. So good for them. And as, well, I don't want to poo-poo this because it is a good cause. But, you know, if you've seen any of uh, Zenoscope's coverage, you know kind of the titillation behind it. And, this, and the, the stuff that they are selling, or the prints that they're selling is no different. I will say, as you can see from the video. Uh, next up, Dugan and Garney launched Savage Sword of Conan with Alex Ross covers. So there's going to be a second Conan the Barbarian book. Right. So this was at the next big thing panel, and the preview art was really nice looking. Yeah. As you can see, uh, one of which in the video. Cool. Uh, Cloak and Dagger relaunching in November with Negative Exposure. And this was also at that true. Uh, this was at the True Believers. Oh, it's panel. a different panel. Yeah, yeah. Different. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, it was announced. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. And Dennis Hopeless looks like he's writing with a uh, new artist, uh, Francesco Mann. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Marvel preview uh, uh, premiered uh, War of the Realms art, and uh, we knew this was coming. Jason Aaron had been talking about this for a long time. It's finally coming to Marvel in 2019. It's going to be a big story. All Asgard and the Nine Realms, or the Ten Realms, and yeah, it's going to be big fun. Is this why you? Or not? Want, fun. Well, I was about to say, is this why you wanted me to do the thing so you could so you could talk about this one? Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this, I wonder if this I is going to. You happen. wanted the Star Trek one. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> no problem. So there's been re- oh, of the realms. <laughs> there's there's been of the realms. Um, um, which I could have sworn they did a War of the Realms already. Because wasn't there one like back in the day when they were doing like the War? No, it was War of Kings. Mm-hmm. 
So I, yeah, and I was, I was yeah, I was wondering if this had something to do with that, but it, it, but I don't know if it does. I doubt if it does. So that's the thing. It's coming. Uh, Marvel launches all new friendly neighborhood Spider-Man comic. Um, so it, apparently the Marvel Comics promises readers the most local Peter Parker ever with the um, announcement of friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Who is writing this? Uh, Tom Taylor is writing this. That's right. I remember that was, that was a kind of a big deal. Okay. Um. So yeah, look out for that. All righty. Uh, next up, talk about uh, this. we talked about this. Uh, what Namor the Submariner has done in the pages of Avengers number nine. So I'll move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, there's a big Spider Spider Woman pop vinyl figure that came out for as a 2018 convention exclusive and it is available on entertainment earth it is actually not because it's sold out nice well according to this pre-sold out so maybe there's going to be another run i doubt it mm-hmm. i think i'm trying to remember if i got if i got mine in time because i know it, i just got an email from them but regardless that's neither here nor there then i guess we're officially in a corner by saying funko reveals two fan choice uh marvel studios 10 pop Finals at New York Comic Con. There's a New York. Uh, there's a Doctor Strange one. This is Gold Laden and also Iron Spider, which I could have sworn mm-hmm. the Doctor Strange one was already at, but I keep saying that tonight, and I'm probably wrong about all of it. All right. Next up, new Marvel Legends and more Hasbro uh, toys were revealed from New York Comic Con 2018. They actually weren't revealed on the floor. They actually do something offsite. Uh, Hasbro doesn't really have. Um, they don't do their stuff on the floor, which is really strange for New York mm-hmm. Comic Con. But they do make their announcements in conjunction with the timing of the con, and uh, we're going to see um, uh, Corvus Glaive and Ebony Maw figures, as well as other uh, legends that have been introduced. And listen, Hasbro's killing it with the legends so much so that I'm <laughs> overwhelmed with buying these stupid things uh-huh. and I've put a, 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 a brief hiatus until I can figure out what it is I want to collect from this run from these recent runs because there's so much good stuff coming out. Mm. Most notably in this, uh, in this collection, wait, did, they did already have a, did they already do a Proxima Midnight figure? I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Proxima Midnight was at the build a figure Thanos. Yes. Um, but most notable in this, I don't know if this is a set or this is just like singles, but regardless, there's Beta Ray Bill, which I think, did he also already have one? He had an old Marvel Legends version. Mm. This is, uh, a modern rendition because the, the, the character's look has been streamlined. Although I'm not a fan of the Stormbreaker that he's wielding because it's so, mm. it's too big. Hey, you know, side matters. Um, this also looked like the helmet from Thor Ragnarok. Well, at least from, from this angle. Right. So I know this will probably make the, my, my comic book guy happy because apparently he's a big fan of Beta Ray Bill. But also notable is Night Thrasher. Yes. Um, who did not have a figure before. No, who hasn't really been in comics for a long well, time. That, that also. So um, And a couple of two-packs that they're, they're doing. Right, so Craven's Last Hunt—they're redoing the Craven. I'm glad that I did not get the uh, previous version, the, you know, like the new version of Craven, because he did not have the kind of crazy wild-eyed paint job that they put on this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to be able to get this Craven, even though I'll be doubling up on a black costume Spidey. Yeah, you know, and also uh, Hydra, uh, Hydra Cap and Arnim Zola. 
Man, I want that Zola. I really don't care about that Hydra Cap, though. <laughs> yeah. The way they get you, man. Yeah, basically. And, uh, and some other stuff was like pinned or, yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, there is there is that, and I'm pretty sure there's another article in here that will recap some of that. But Transformers Siege gives classic G1 baddies some brand new toys. So there's another line of um, tra- Transformers toys coming. Um, I'm going to say this again: Megatron is a gun, not a tank. I know there have been his Cybertron version. I think probably was a tank. Regardless, we don't care. I don't care. But there's anyway. There's going to be what looks to be battle damaged uh, version of uh, and Cybertronian eyes. That's not even a word. Regardless, versions of some of your favorite bad guys, such as Megatron, which is the tank you see here, um, and this is his uh, bot form. There's a Shockwave, Soundwave, which I kind of want that one. And as you see, they're like kind of battle damaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's his Shockwave again. You know, yada, yada, yada. So that's coming in early 2019. I kind of want that sound wave. They didn't show his uh, transformation, but I mean, it's sound wave. If he, if he doesn't turn into a boombox, there's something terribly wrong. Okay. But I think, oh, there's also a uh, refractor sound wave uh, Starscream, which is apparently the Cybertron version of Starscream, not the, the Earth Jet version. So I'm not sure. And I can't remember... Soundwave's uh, version. I think he turned into like a lap purse or something from what I remember from that first episode. I don't know. So regardless, we'll see how that turns out when that comes next year. Alrighty. Uh, DC Comics Revoltech Deathstroke has been unveiled. So Revoltech has been putting out some cool uh, comic book based figures and their latest one is Deathstroke the Terminator. Mm-hmm. You can see them right there. Cool. Um, DC and Funko revealed DC Primal Age, including a comic by Marv Wolfman. So there's going to be some figures, as you can see on the screen, based on the Primal Age. Uh, I guess that's a well, that is a comic that Marv Wolfman is doing, uh, which is their retro bar- barbarian fantasy themed line. So you see mm-hmm. this barbarian Joker, which is weird, and of course Batman and Wonder Woman, right. Alrighty. Next up. I hate auto loading videos. Gosh. I was about to say, what was that? Yeah. Alrighty. Next up, uh, Doctor Who Barbie doll. There's a Doctor Who Barbie doll. Because I mean, the yes. latest Doctor is a female. Yes. Is inspired by Jodie Whittaker. Yes. And I heard she did pretty good on the first episode that just came out, but even if the episode itself wasn't great. So look forward okay. to that. Hey, you know what? Might as well. <laughs> Better than an actual Barbie doll. I'll get, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not the target market for it. But hey, Doctor Who was a big thing. Why not have to give her a, a figure? Uh, 97 photos of the coolest toys and collectibles at uh, NYCC 2018. And that's just a whole bunch of them. You can go check that out, including some, yeah, the Kota Buyoko, uh, Bukia, uh 90s X-Men run and a whole bunch of other stuff, which I won't go into. All righty. Uh, next up, uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead game will be video game will be finished by another company because of uh, Telltale uh, downsizing to the point of no return. 
Yeah, well, basically, it was a downside. I mean, that that ended up with them basically killing the the studio, presumably, and some shenanigans from people at the top. We talked about this a little bit last week in, in relation to something else that happened, which had little to do with it. But nevertheless, it is a thing, and it's kind of sad because that's stupid. You know, in, instead of doing right by the, the people that work hard, you know, making the things, they just decided to close up shop and. Slows off everybody and do stupid stuff. Anyway, Megatronus uh, comes to Kabam's Transformers Forge to Fight, which is uh, a mobile game. I believe it's a Transformers fighting game. I don't remember playing it too much of it, but I remember seeing it. So apparently, yeah, this is a, a version of Megatron that they're putting into the game of the one of the 13 Primes, which may or may not have something to do with that whole Prime series that's going on on Machinima, but I don't even know because I haven't watched any of it. Alrighty. And finally, I might have a voice for our last ad read. Oh, actually, we'll one more after this that you might want to do. Oh, no! There's more? Is there spillover somewhere? No, well, this is a variant cover, which you may or may not be interested in. But anyway. Uh, so, finally, our next to last <laughs> story. <laughs> Star Wars Project Borg mixed reality experiment has been announced. So, Porgs, Porgs, and more Porgs! Yep. The fluffy creatures first seen in Star Wars Last Jedi and eaten by Chewbacca are back again, this time in mixed reality with our latest immersive experiment, Star Wars The Project Porg. So you need to, you know, feed them like Tamagotchi, apparently, and then teach them how to maneuver real-world environments with care instructions from uh, C-3PO, always getting in the way. Hmm. And... uh, so this debuted this week is debuting this week at Magic Leap's Leap Conference, which will share first look at the experimental demo on the show floor. Yep. So more VR stuff. Cool. And last but not least, uh, Marvel celebrates Fantastic Four wedding with villain variant covers. So, is, which you can see. Uh, Ooh. Doom. Yeah, that's from uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Doom. Where's, oh, there we go. We won't go through all of these, but Super Scroll from Avengers. And what's funny is that at the next big thing panel, Slot obviously said after this whole um, FF stuff gets squared away, obviously the big next storyline is going to be doomed. Yes, of course, because got to. Uh, Namor with the, the wedding special, which I want to call back to um, uh, uh, Fantastic Four number two and uh, 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 amusing thing between uh, Reed and Sue being out there in the world, but I'm not going to do it just now because uh, speaking of Namor, um, there's Dundra, Infinity Wars, Punisher, Space, uh, Space Punisher. Huh. Here's a person we hadn't seen in a while. <laughs> Diablo. Yeah. Uh, for, he hasn't appeared in Fantastic Four in a long time. Right. Um, there's a... Uh, Early two thousands. Wait, Dragon. Wait, isn't he with the uh, FF? Who, Dragon Man? Yeah, he's with the FF. Yeah. Well, he's in the Future Foundation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's the old version. Yeah, I know. Uh, Molecule Man, who, uh, who he also have, is with the FF. Yes, who may or may not be dead. Also, right. But you know, it's Molecule Man. Who knows? Um. Oh shoot, the ghost. Red ghost. Yeah, red ghost. And. Terax. Terax. Oh, man. There's another name. Well, he's shown up in the last year or so. Oh, but, he gets killed. There's some, there's some Heralds of Galactus that are more powerful right. than others, so some of them get kind of shuffled away to be cannon fodder later. Yeah, basically, and Terax was one of them. So, yep. But that, folks, is the end of the news. 
So before we close out the show, uh, we have our last ad read of the night. So our last ad read of the night is for, I'm not going to do a voice. I'm in a hurry. Uh, Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And that brings us to the close of another fine episode of this. We will be back next week as we tend to do. Um, for myself, Rydicat, at Rydicat at on news and, and News Notice Need on Twitter. Um, news Notice Need, well, not, not .com. Well, I do have .com, but it's coming somewhere. Regardless, the Reddit and the, um, the, the Twitter thing and CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent seventy on Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram, PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net and popculture.com dot com. Uh, I need comments dot com. That's right. Uh, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, and uh, the Click Nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. Uh, also, theclicknation.com, and of course, check him out over on CBR Comic Book Resources. Um, again, Google Play, uh, 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 iTunes, all of that, cspn.us. Go check us out on all of those places. Shop.cspn.us, where you can find merch for this here program and others. And with that, folks, we will see you all next week. We'll play you out. Oh, and we're going to keep it metal. Oh, Jesus. Yes, uh, this has been the Christmas Thomas Chronicles, and we are out. Peace! Oh, my.